0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Freaking Out with Flanagan on Story Screen Presents, the Story Screen Families podcast channel with all kinds of shows, TV, movies, new movies, old movies, video games, Fast and the Furious. But this show is about Mike Flanagan. And I am joined today by the lovely Tim Irwin. Hello. And the bearded sleepy Michael Burge.
1: I have a pumpkin cider. Cracking open going be fine.
0: Cracking open a Hudson North pumpkin su- toasted pumpkin cider. It's quite oh, tasty. This is my
1: new drink of the season. Man. It's, pretty good. So it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm
0: not drinking it right now, but I had one the other day, and hmm. they're pretty good. But uh, we're here to talk about. na uh, I have a little audio clip for you guys. Actually.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs>
1: Beautiful. Yeah. I don't even have to edit anything and post; like it's all just right there. Usher,
0: yeah. Usher, Usher, Usher. That's what I was trying to find the clip earlier, and I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll just uh, record my screen while I watch the beginning of this video. We're, we're talking about the fall of the House of Usher and other short stories by one Edgar Allan Poe that got morphed into Mike Flanagan's latest miniseries, eight episodes. A lot of the cast is from previous shows playing mm-hmm. ridiculous characters, referencing many, many Edgar Allan Poe short stories. And uh, it was really fun. What'd you guys think? Give me your give me your hot take.
2: It doesn't break my top three, but I did like it. I, yeah. I mean, when you're dealing with, this is what I was thinking. It's I was
1: super like, Listen. silly. Yeah. I could have said that this is my least favorite one, and it still means it's one of the best things on TV. Like, yeah. like over Midnight Club. No, no, no. I could have said I could okay, have could said it's okay. my okay. least. No, okay. no. I'm, I'm not. What am I? What am I? An idiot? <laughs> I'm not idiot. <laughs> <gonna> <laughs> Because uh, well, no, what you don't understand about Midnight Club, man, is actually like you have to kind of connect the dots. It's more of like an intelligentsia uh, kind <laughs> just, of show. It's just YA. That's
2: yeah. it. <laughs> that's the
1: thing. Well, that's I, just what you think, man. Right. Like, you really got to dig uh, in. I
0: mean, I really like a lot of the new actors that are in Midnight Club, um, and I'm thankful for them because now they'll get to be in other Flanagan stuff, which I think is fun. So that's cool. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, my, my initial but it is YA. thought is... <laughs> it's fine. It's YA fall of house of usher it's like here we are finally like when we first started this show uh several months ago like we knew that this was coming and we knew we were like well if we cover all of these to the schedule like we'll have pretty much covered all of his major releases in time to do fall of house of usher and now that we've seen it uh it's way funnier than I uh, thought it was gonna be. It's
0: much funnier. It's like
1: much more of like a kind of dark comedy. Like, there's funny aspects.
0: I mean, it's gross to as fuck. It's funny. Stuff. But
1: like, there is, <laughs> there are, there is like this kind of like biting satire in it, which is sometimes cleverly disguised in Poe theme. And then sometimes just like they're outright saying things about who they're talking about. And I think that that kind of like bluntness in it. Is much funnier than like what we're used to seeing Flanagan do. Even though like we've read a lot about him, he's a very funny guy. He's like, super goofy on social media yeah. and on his blog. So it is kind of it's always been kind of like a it's always that thing where they say like Stephen King and John Carpenter and Wes Craven are like some of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Like they're nowhere near as like uh, spooky and macabre and like messed up as like mm-hmm. they get it all out like in the horror movies. So he's just kind of like this this gentle little writer you know Mm -hmm. who's just like married to one of the most beautiful people in the world and he's just like i have a blog and i make movies for netflix and now (laughs) amazon (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and it it is just fun that this one kind of just it seems like everybody's having a lot of fun playing different types of characters than they have in like past flanagan stuff or past movies uh i felt like that was like the most exciting part about watching it
2: i agree i think that's what that's what makes it less strong compared to the other ones is that yeah. like it just doesn't have that cohesive Flanagan family vibe to it. It's almost yeah. it's like I feel like between this and Midnight club, like does Mike Flanagan just want to make a straight up anthology show with like mm-hmm. a different different thing every episode?
0: Maybe I don't know that's a good question i'm I'm curious what he's gonna do from here. Part of me thought that well,
1: I mean he's doing.
0: He's the doing, Dark Tower. Yeah. that kind of
1: does have that anthology vibe, it that you might be talking about. Like, all mm-hmm. those books are kind of like, from what I understand, I haven't read them, but I recorded a, an episode with Robbie about the, the movie that came out. That was out great. Was that was one terrible. of my favorite episodes. Yeah. It was a great <laughs> episode. Terrible movie. Um, man, I should re-listen to that. That was fun. Um, and as i as i understand the dark tower is like it is like it kind of expands through all of stephen king's works and kind of treats his entire like bibliography as like a a multiverse that can be expanded and walked through and stuff like that so yeah. now like something like castle rock was attempting something like that now this is going to be much more of like an epic scale so that might be something where he's like you know, episode to episode, they're kind of mixing and matching between things, but
0: part it is going to
1: be long form. So that's probably like the exact opposite of what you're talking about, actually.
0: Well, part of me wondered, and I was going to ask you guys if you thought this might be the case, but I was thinking that, you know, he, he found out he wasn't going to stay with Netflix. So I, part of me thinks that like this is finishing the way it is because it's his last Banger for Netflix, you know. After making those other kind of more one story, one family, more drama, and then this is sort of just him like being like, "I'm gonna fucking have a goofy good time with this last one." And there but is, bam, a, I'm out. Mic drop. You know, like there <laughs> is a little of like, bit
2: of bitterness in this one too. Yeah. That you can kind of. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. A,
0: just a little bit. Yeah. Like when we finished watching the last episode today. And part of me was like, I probably won't rewatch this anytime soon. Whereas, like with Hill House and Bly Manor, I almost immediately wanted to rewatch them. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it is a different vibe for sure.
1: I mean, you can just imagine like Netflix execs or anything like that, which has just become this brand new way of talking about demons in <laughs> today's world. We're just like Netflix execs, exec studio execs. Um, You can just imagine them being like, look, so Mikey, baby, we know that the short story is called The Fall of the House of Usher, but nobody else knows that except for you. Can't we just call it The Haunting of the House of Usher just to kind of keep it? You know that that conversation happened and that he like looked at them and was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I really don't. And it probably was like stuff where they wanted him to keep doing things. They canceled Midnight Club. I would imagine they had a bunch of, like, pre-production notes on this thing that he wasn't agreeing with. And then he was probably just like, listen, Netflix, daddy, you've been so good to me. I'm going to need some more money and creative freedom. I'm Mike fucking Flanagan now. I directed Dr. Sleep, motherfuckers. So let's go. (laughs) And they were probably just like, eh, we're going to call your bluff. And then Amazon was yoink and just Mm -hmm. grabbed him. And... I would imagine that that's got to be exactly how it goes. I don't know if you read anything. He's been pretty tight-lipped, respectfully, professionally about like what happened. Yeah. But it does, does it does just kind of seem like the timeline of events was he was having some pre-production issues with Fall of House of Usher. Midnight Club uh, had a rough release, wasn't advertised properly, got canceled, and then like three days later, it was like he's going over to Amazon. He's just going to finish up Usher for Netflix and then bounce.
0: Right. Hmm.
1: So I think that bitterness, I think like he was making this while he was just kind of like yeah, so I'm just going to do this thing. I mean,
0: I don't want to I don't want to like pose that that's like entirely why it is the way it no, is. No, no, that this is you speculation. Know, I definitely think that he and I've read uh, little snippets where he's like I wrote these roles specifically for these actors that I already have been working with and was thinking of when we were in the writing room and that they're going to have an awesome time doing this. Cause it's against character of what they've been doing so far, you know? So mm-hmm. the, especially like Kate Siegel and Raul Coley, like I was reading, like he was specifically having like a good time knowing that they were going to be playing like complete opposites of other roles that he, he had cast them in. But I, I do kind of wonder, yeah, if just like the overall tone of it is a little bit, tainted by his experience with Netflix it's it's interesting to think about but it is really cool to have this be a combination of Poe stuff and not just one story that is pretty interesting it's pretty fun I didn't expect that maybe I should have done my homework more I mean
1: I think it was like the the layout of the show and the entire crux of the show was kind of, like, layered in mystery. Even with the trailers, you were kind of, like, seeing aspects of pose. So you're like, oh, so he's going to do, like, what he did with Bly Manor, where it's not just turning of the screw. It's kind of a mixture of, um, what's his name? Henry James? Yeah, like, uh, like all of, like, kind of the stories from all of those things. And it wasn't until, like, me and you watched the first episode, Diana, that we were like
0: oh yes. wait this is more than oh, one so story. every
1: episode is gonna kind of be a main short story and then there's little elements from all these other stories speckled throughout that connect them all together this thing must have been so much fun to write probably like with the idea of like kind of layering out all of Poe's work and then just being like so how do I connect you know Goldbug to the black cat and have this all like go through this fall of house of usher line and I think the idea of like Essentially just final destinationing all of these <laughs> shitty people with Edgar <laughs> Allan Poe's short stories is like pretty fun. Uh, that and, really is what it is. And I think that it is purposefully like that because the last big death, the pit in the pendulum one, is kinda like, well, what else do you do other than that? And it's just like the most ridiculous <laughs> over the top thing and by that point you're just kind of like yeah I kind of just want to see this motherfucker get sawed in half so I don't care
0: can I say though I fucking loved Henry Thomas yeah. and his his lame little ponytail and his coke habit and how young he was in this and oh man he was so good right, and he, was so oh, he was so stupid I loved how fucking dumb. stupid he was it was oh, awesome he was, it was so great
1: <laughs> it is insane just uh, how easily manipulated he manipulates him. nobody's even trying to manipulate him and Froderick. he just completely destroys everything by
2: himself by being an idiot and just so egotistical. Oh, that's great. Well, you know, have you seen the... So it's mostly Poe references, but have you seen that Twilight Zone episode <laughs> with the masks? Yes. That one, I've got a lot of vibes of that, especially early on between like Froderick and um, the other... Uh, uh, the T one, the other oh, other bastard. Yeah.
0: Tamerlin or Tammerly, Tamerlin. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um like very much and that was also the episode where um Gucci, uh, Gucci Caligula dies, and they had like the they had the skull mask, and it was yes. very much like that episode of the Twilight Zone where like there's an old rich guy who's dying, and he invites his kids in, and his kids yep. are like mean and stupid and like neurotic and like a hypochondriac, like control freak. Totally. Um, yeah. So it, that one was very much. I I was thinking. Of that I wonder episode, like, then the entire if that time. Twilight
0: Zone episode was also sort of referencing Edgar Allan Poe. I know. I, that- have
2: to, I need to look it up.
0: Because there's like, when I sort of, I have I had vague memories of the various short stories, because I read a lot of them much younger. And when I was looking up summaries to kind of refresh my memory, it's there's so many different movies and other stuff like done of Edgar Allan Poe over the years, like there's like a ton of pit in the pendulum, there's a ton, you know, like Telltale Heart has been turned into a bunch of weird shit, like, it's really interesting how many of his works have have resurfaced or like just the name recognition of the raven and and nevermore and stuff like that like even if no one's read that they kind of know what you're talking yeah. about it's just like become a very pop culture thing so it's a, mm-hmm. it's an interesting thing to play on and man carla gugino chef's kiss hotter just than hot just the hottest girl. of the hot oh man write all the roles for carla <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah. I did listen to a few old radio plays of of Poe stuff to get 'em. And that's like, so cool. They really didn't There were reference I think Telltale Heart is probably like the most the most accurate one. But for the most part okay. it's like just little mm-hmm. little bits. Yeah. Uh, which so
0: so which ones did you listen to?
2: I listened to Fall of House of Usher, Pit and Pendulum, uh, and and Telltale Heart, I think, were the ones that I got mm-hmm. through. So, yeah. so
0: Fall of the House of Usher is the one that I actually am the least, like, had the the worst memory of what actually happened in that story. Mm-hmm. That one and is
2: pretty similar in that the way it ends is pretty, pretty, like, uh, the sister, the sister's been, in the in the story, the sister's been dead, like, the whole time. She's walking uh, around dead and doesn't. They don't really know what to do because they're like, Oh, she's dead, like, but she's still walking around. And then eventually she does <laughs> strangle her brother,
0: okay. Uh, and death. I know, like, the house, like,
2: yeah, collapses, collapses on or them. whatever, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: that I remember, but I couldn't remember exactly. Like, that's the one that I all the episodes I was just like, Man, they're just he just loves. Burying people alive behind shit or or think (laughs) thinking they're dead and they're not quite dead, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's just like under the floorboards behind the wall behind another wall. You know, it's
1: like like, uh, I feel like when you start talking about like going back to like the Twilight Zone thing, it's like it's kind of like anytime you see a detective in modern media or, or pop culture. You're like, do you think that they're kind of inspired by Sherlock Holmes? And it's like, well, yeah. technically, yes, because <laughs> they invented how this works. So it's like Edgar Allan Poe just like pretty much invented like the macabre, like uh, poetic short story mystery. Like, yeah. like you know, he's the one that like at least made it like as like ultimately famous. It's like why every time somebody starts speaking, you know, a word for word, Uh, poem written by Poe in this like even if you haven't read the poems or you're unfamiliar you're like that's Edgar Allan Mm Poe because like he just has such a specific uh, vibe and rhyme scheme but also vibe that's just like immediately you're just kind of like Oh, so, yeah, anything that's kind of about like isn't it crazy how shitty some people can be and how they can uh utilize that against others, but they always get their come up and it's like, yeah, Poe like kind of invented that as <laughs> yeah. far as like in the kind of like um play aspect of macabre mystery kind of stuff, so
0: it's also just like the recurring theme of getting away with it, but your own guilt is what gets you caught. It's like that just happens in so many of his stories where. It's like, oh yeah, no, nobody else hears anything, but this person is freaking the fuck out, and they just gave away the fact that they murdered somebody and hit them under the floorboard. So, mm-hmm. um, but that uh, the character played by Carl Lumby, uh, the C. Augustus Dupin, he's like, I think one of the earliest of that type of character, like whether it's the same time or even before Sherlock Holmes. Right. Writing wise, because it's like him, Hercule Perot, like all of those. They based a lot yeah. of their detective shit on Poe's like "Murder of the Rue Morgue" and "Perloined Letter." There's like a couple of stories with that Frenchy detective character. Mm-hmm. Um, so but
1: he does not have a big mustache.
2: No, he doesn't
0: have a be- beautiful mustache. Like
2: <laughs> R- Rue Morgue has to be the most tortured like stretch of the whole oh, yeah. show. When oh, they were yeah. like, we used to call it was Roderick Usher Zoo, the Rue Zoo. But then people died, and so it was the Rue Morgue. Is like,
1: yeah, right, that's a okay, stretch. Great. <laughs> And I I feel like when I was watching it, like there is that kind of stretch capability in it too. But like having read a bunch of like Mike Flanagan's like personal posts and stuff to his blog and like kind of without – I do not know the man at all. I have never Mm -hmm. met him or talked to him. But kind of having this vague understanding of at least what his professional – personality is like you can see him like writing something like that and just being like it's so fucking stupid you
2: gotta <laughs> yeah. that like he's yeah. like doing like, it he's on having purpose, fun with
1: it especially in this one where it's like like you kind of think back to um uh uh like haunting of hill house and like how much of a dipshit the oldest brother is and you're just mm-hmm. like i fucking can't stand this kid mm. like how does all of this happen in front of you? Will you please just help everybody out? And then ultimately it's revealed. You're like, no, he is seeing all of it. He's like actively in denial and trying to like avoid it and like throw it away. So it's like these little tiny things where it's like, isn't that the dumbest thing in the world for a character to be doing right now? But in... um in Usher, it's like kind of just more up front and yeah. he's not tossing it on his characters. He's kind of tossing it on himself where he's like, isn't it silly what we're doing right now? I am combining all of the Edgar Allan Poe short stories and poems together into a Netflix, you know, limited series.
0: Carbonanza, bonanza. You know,
1: that have all my <laughs> friends in them. And Carla Gugino is just acting her fucking ass off and probably making so much money doing this because she's in like so. every single episode like wall to wall of this thing I don't know like there, there is just like a gleefulness to some of like the silliest shit like the pit and the pendulum thing you're just like mm-hmm. when they were designing that and they were like so do we want to get that literal How with this one and it's pendulum. like yeah fuck yeah." yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Fuck it, dude. There's it. definitely several things that are like, oh, yeah, no, there's no metaphor. There's no allegory. Like, we're just going full literal for the audience right now. Like, there's, we want to make sure everyone gets it, you know? Well, this is
2: the most meta of, yeah. of them, I think, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. this is the one that's also the
1: most, like, you know, you know, ha- like, Hill House. Like, again, that's kind of why, like, comparing them, you absolutely have to, uh, even with Midnight Mass kind of being in there as the outlier, like at least like the the three house shows, mm-hmm. quote unquote. And it's like Hill House and Bly Manor just have such an emotionality to them because they're about like grief and death and life and love. And this one is just about like, doesn't it suck how rich people are, like, destroying everything? Yeah. And wouldn't yeah. it be great if, like, they just got their comeuppance from, uh, like,
2: Carla Gugino, the demon? would it be demon? great if They're the just...
0: Sackler family yeah. got <laughs> visited well, by three ghosts? That,
2: that last episode. <laughs> or whenever they make the deal in the bar, that's where, like, the metaphor is just, like... Like, sl- like thrown on the table. <laughs> just oh, yeah. like yeah. yeah, so in 1979, all the boomers decided that they would fuck over everyone after them. Yeah. As, and then they rationalized it as saying, well, at least they'll live, like, a nice, fat life. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know? And I mean,
1: yeah. the episodes, like, a couple episodes before that, because we haven't even talked about fucking Mark Hamill in this goddamn show, oh. which I think is <laughs> Doing, amazing. Doing, like, his best
0: Joker voice.
1: He is just <laughs> off the leash. Because at this point...
0: Who's gonna tell
1: Mark Campbell what to do? Certainly not Mike Flanagan. Oh, so he's so just good. going at it. So good. But um the scene where he's just like, I found pictures of her with every single terrible bad man who has ever existed. And you're just kinda of like that's good. That yeah, good. good. He yeah. sounds like um uh, Miss Bighead from Rocco's Modern Life. And <laughs> <Ed. laughs> Ed, you need to
2: get back in here. Ooh. I've seen things. Oh, man. Well, the, and then with the pictures, when when Carla is like, one of my clients said that he could shoot somebody in the middle of fifth Ave. Yeah. I was like, yeah. boo. Yeah. No,
1: yes. like That's the shit where I'm just like, fucking go for it, dude. Just yeah. do it. Yeah,
2: uh, That was a groaner for me.
1: This oh, is man. like, I mean, and again, like the groaner, it's all about like, you know, what do you want on your cheese board? Kind of thing, you know, and it's like "Ah, too much cheese. I want a little bit more meat to my story. And I'm like, you know what? If I got 18 different types of cheese, there doesn't need to be anything else. I'm going to have just as much fun with this. And I think it is just like the general enjoyment that I got from it is kind of clocking in a little early. That at least for me, I was just kind of like, even if this isn't intentional, the playfulness. Oh, it's so campy. The campiness of it all is just kind of like. Listen. Do you want me to just sit here and like try to explain the theme of like what I'm trying to get at with like Reaganomics and trickle down shit? Like, do you want me to explain (laughs) that over the course of a few episodes, or do you want me to just have a scene where Luke Skywalker, talking like the Joker, (laughs) talks to Bruce Greenwood and the president from Battlestar Galactica and just throws down pictures of every terrible person that you could possibly think of
0: with a is Carla Cucino? And I'm like, yes, give me that one. Why, why does she have to have a wig over her hair if she has hair?
2: Yeah, that was interesting. I don't know. Like, is It was su- just bangs. It was just, is is it, it was just like a frontal. She's supposed hold. to seem was it more like spanks?
0: mousy? Was like, it like, she only
1: wore that when she was in the office.
0: Well, also her so real- So is that supposed
1: to make her seem a little bit more like, no, I'm not like the, the black widow I
0: don't know. with I, my gray well, streaks? Her, Yeah, her real hair was grayer. Yeah. But I'm no. like, you could have just had your hair dyed. Right. Yeah. I only, Yeah, I thought it was maybe just like It was very particular and weird
1: Very much more like business forward And again, like maybe just kind of like It just seemed like when she takes it off to go into the house It's kind of her like putting on armor As opposed yeah. to taking it off kind of thing So yeah. I was kind of like Her real it's self It's a different type of fight that she's going into yeah. Where I'm like, oh, does like the bangs and, you know The lack of gray kind of make her just seem maybe a little bit more I don't know like it seemed like it was like a trick to the business or something but then Maybe it's like never put brought together up again. for and the like, biz,
0: okay. I don't know. Yeah. Mary McDonald's great. I I also really liked the actress that played the younger version. That was just kind of like uh her name's Willa Fitzgerald that played the younger version of Madeline. I thought she kind of she was a lot icier than Mary McDonald. Mhm. And
1: Well, I think that's supposed to be again like the trick of the movie is like you're like, "Oh, wait, did like did Mary McDonald like, maybe kind of, like, lose her edge over the years, and maybe she's reconsidering what they did, and then it's like, no, she's just no. as bad as she's ever been. She's yeah. just trying to play the upper hand, and, you know, again, like, we're kind of jumping all over the place, which I think is just fine.
0: Well, I, you know, <laughs> that's fine. I was going to ask you guys, before we, like, actually talk about each of the episodes or each of the post stories, you know, which either... Which which terrible bastard child you liked the best, or which episode you liked the best? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I think I, I mean the Henry Froderick is the, is my favorite because he's just so stupid. He's, he's, he was my favorite to watch.
0: Harry <laughs> oh, um, talks so
2: good. In terms of episodes, like that last like ten minutes of the Telltale Heart episode really goes off the rails in a really fun way
0: yeah um
2: i think like and and, like the directorial like uh choices in that one really like really go um Mm
0: I, yeah, like I seeing... thought it was interesting that this show is only directed by Mike Flanagan and uh, Mike Fimnagari. It's yeah. only the two of them versus Fim- like... And,
1: and Mike Fimnagari is his cinematographer right. for everything right, right, right. since like oh. Oculus. Like right. this but is they, his dude. But it's even split. Yeah.
0: It's four and four. And he
1: was the cinematographer on all of these too. So I really think what it was is that they kind of shared duties throughout all the episodes and just split them up like one, two, one, two, one, two, yeah. one, two as far as so like So
0: I want to check that episode.
1: That Telltale Heart is Mike Flanagan. Flanagan. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: it goes one, two, Flanagan, three, four, uh, Fignari, and then repeats.
0: Uh, which yeah. is like,
1: I watched that last episode and I'm like, there's so much Flanagan in this, but at this point now it's kind of like how do you separate these two guys where it's just like Flanagan has his flourishes and touches as a director.
0: He's still showrunner.
1: He's still showrunner, but also like that's a cinematographer who's done everything yeah. that he's right. really ever done. You know, so it's kind of like where does one begin and the other end? Which I think is why it kind of really works out pretty good for like a
2: a steady look and tone to the yeah, show. Yeah,
0: but that Telltale hard episode. Woo! <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, like I mean, you knew when she threw the thing that she hit her. You know, oh, but, yeah. And, but then like I was you just know. I
1: was like, how did he hit? How did she hit her? Like, what
2: exactly happens? A pretty he, distressing death scene, too. Like uh, with very the eyes, real, like yeah, very uh, realistic. Brain yeah. damage. Yeah. Brain
0: damage. Yeah. And uh, the fact that like she could have gotten her help and maybe she would have survived, but she was just like, shh, no. Dude,
1: her her uh her like tactic for getting the guard to go away
0: is oh, just, being, yeah. just like, I'm eating her out. Haven't you ever heard that before? You're like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> these people are terrible. <laughs> Your partner is dying
1: <laughs> right in front of you. And then it's like cause she kind of doesn't understand it, too. Like she's kind of like out of it
2: because
1: mm-hmm. like she is like she knows what's going on and she knows what she's doing. But then it kind of dawns on her in the middle, which is how something like that, I think, would affect you where it's like you're aware of what's happening and you think that you're in control of it. And the longer it keeps happening, the more it sets in even before it's over kind of stuff. Like it's, it's those types of like flanaganisms that he was just like utilizing in previous shows for like a different type of traumatic effect, like an emotional, like traumatic effect all throughout where in this one, I feel like it's more just kind of like, Well, now you're going to be happy to see this person die in five minutes, kind of thing. I
0: I was kind of surprised, though, in that episode that they didn't go with – like, part of me thought that as soon as uh, Victorine's partner said no to doing the surgery, I thought maybe she was going to try and do the surgery without her. Like, part of me was like, oh, you know, she, like, assists on all these surgeries. Is she going to try and do the surgery to Carla Gugino's character? And right. and that's what's going to result in some like you know scar whatever yeah because mm-hmm. um, Carla's
2: in that episode a lot but doesn't yeah. actually do the the death at the end like that's she does like do the, the only death.
0: episode where it doesn't happen like but that. she does
2: do the she does do the
1: the offer you know because every episode she has the offer where she's like you don't have to be doing the thing that you're about to do right now and if you don't do it nothing's going to happen maybe kind of thing like because everybody else just like keeps choosing it and she is there mm-hmm. she's like you know you don't have to do the surgery. You can tell me right now that we're not going to do the surgery and that's absolutely fine. But if you get her to tell me to do it, I'll do it for sure. And it's like, so that offer is there. And then she just, I think she even does say something in like the last episode, talking to Bruce Greenwood or, or maybe in like the second to last talking to Henry Thomas about like, cause when she's killing Henry Thomas, she's like, I usually don't, I'm not this hands on. I usually yeah. kind of set things up and let things go. But Ooh. for a special case, because you took her teeth, Because you were going to be a dentist in the other life. Like, I kind of took offense to that, whether Uh, you knew it or not. You were going to
0: be a dentist. And I feel like
1: she does say something after the fact of the Telltale Horror episode, where she's like, that one got out of hand quickly. Yeah. Like, she says something (laughs) along the lines of just like, I kind of just really got to step back on that one because it just kind of escalated.
0: I see. I see. Okay, that makes more sense. It does escalate, too. You're
1: right. Like, when he when she walks him into that room, the fact that Breeze first green was there and he's like oh okay you got your funding it's this is great great. why don't we get out of (laughs) here that was really good i mean i would say probably my favorite one is either um uh the raho the raho cooley one the black Black Cat. cat Uh, just because I love him, and I think he's having so much fun in this show.
0: In general, his performance is great. Yeah, he
1: uh, the, is
2: so different in every Flanagan series. It's, it's crazy. I almost recognize him at first. It's almost show. like he's
1: a good actor.
2: Yeah, I know yeah. he is. He's a great <laughs> actor. <laughs>
1: uh, and then the the Samantha Sloyan one, on the Tamerlane, uh, the Goldbug episode um, was like. I think that was the most stressful one for me to watch. That one was stressful. Because you know it's going to fall apart. <laughs> like when she sees. Carla Gugino talking to everybody and she's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And you're like, nope, no, stop. That's, it's not her. Now everybody thinks you're crazy. And then she keeps talking and you think she's got it, but you're like in the back of your head, you're like... This isn't going to oh. turn out good and I hate like um
0: she fucking throws the thing and it hits Juno. I I, I, I believe hit. she
1: lived after I need, and, like said yeah. Me neither. I I hate that I hate that kind of just overall like in movies and stuff where it's like um the nightmare where like you're up on stage and you didn't prepare or something like that and you right. know that something's going to go wrong like that kind of like a uh, public embarrassment. Mm-hmm. I I don't like it. Yeah. And it like uh, it makes me uncomfortable like when you know that the other shoe is gonna drop at any moment, that they're not, there's, they wouldn't just like have that play out and be just fine. That's, it's called the fall of the House of Usher, not, you know what, in the sixth episode, everything's gonna go fine for these guys.
0: (laughs) Samantha Sloan is so like, her performances, especially because we just covered Midnight Mass recently, like, she's so good at playing tightly wound characters. Like, Man, so I feel like her whole shtick of like being sort of a weird, you know, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow light, goop light version, Mm -hmm. but so stressed out. And then the lead up of that episode where she's just falling asleep all the time mm-hmm. and losing time and then when she wants to sleep can't sleep mm-hmm. that was yeah we've also got that to talk well about done. bill t looking great
1: idol from midnight mass uh, tim did you re-watch midnight mass recently because you weren't on the episode i don't know if you revisited it
2: i did watch that one yeah, Heck yeah. i watched it,
1: yeah um remember you know who matt vital plays in that he's like the big dude Oh, um, sir, uh, sir,
2: yes. He's the husband. Yeah. He's, he's the, he's the her big husband. I didn't even put that together because he, yeah. so he looks beard. so different. Because he yeah. looks so different. Because he looks
0: mighty fine. I think that <laughs> I,
2: I
1: think again, like he's kind of the tipping point for me on like which one's my favorite episode, just because he is in that one a bit.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: it's kind of hard to pick a favorite episode because that's the end of that character, and you get the longer you go, you get so much of them. Right. You know, like part of the reason why the Henry Thomas episode is so good is that he's had the most amount of time for the small buildup where he's playing his little fucking dumb bowling alley game (laughs) that has the funniest bit. And I'm going to see if you guys noticed it. He has it rigged where you can roll three times instead of two no way that's yes. awesome how did
0: you catch that because
1: because i used to bowl a lot like just for fun like not like a professional bowler and i don't think it's an editing mix-up because they do it three separate times it's not the last frame you know it's, it's, no, no, it's, no no it's it's yeah. like he's bowling and bowling and then he bowls again and i'm like it <laughs> what a reset i, I think it's <laughs> that's awesome i don't know if it's intentional or not but it just felt like it happened a couple times that i noticed it and mm-hmm. i just think that like that would be such a a fun character
2: quirk that he's, like, yeah, convincing exactly. himself he's better at bowling by changing the rules, you know? Well, that, I mean, that one scene where he, like, his daughter's talking to him about his mom and that she's, like, talking again. And he's like, yeah, that's great. And then, like, bowls and it was like, yes, you know? Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I mean, that <laughs> so was, good. like, the beginning of the end when you're like, oh, no. Okay. He brought her home. To kill her. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, like, he didn't intentionally think he's going to kill her, but, like, he's going to torture That's her. That's got
1: to be also, like, another Poe, like, poem or short that, like, I'm not familiar with of, like... I don't know. Trying to like take a paralytic care... paralytic and... Taking yeah. care of someone who is sick, uh, but that you think, like... That you, mean, that you that you think has betrayed you in some way and like the whole world thinks that you're taking care of them, but you're making them sicker. Like, it's very that Munchausen like it's, in, yeah. or
0: whatever, you know, like mm-hmm. when we watched, um, what was that show we watched with Amy Adams, uh that like it was her her crazo mom oh was like oh, sharp things. A uh sharp objects sharp yeah. objects yeah where it's things. like her 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 mom is essentially like poisoning her little sister but just very slowly so that mm-hmm. she can have someone to take care of all the time and like mm-hmm. you know it's just like yeah uh I yeah my my go to thought was like why is the daughter not going in the room to just visit her mom. Like, and I was how, like does how does locked. she not? <laughs> it's probably locked. And yeah. then it was like,
1: oh, it's locked. It's like, yeah, it's locked. Easy. But
0: I'm like, she's like oozing through her bandages before. Long before they ever get to the point, yeah, I feel like that's the thing that made
1: you the most upset out of the whole show. You're just like, she got to change those bandages. Well, I was like, (laughs) I was like, yeah, I was like, she's probably gonna get she's gonna
0: get sepsis. She's gonna go into shock. Like she had burns. She doesn't have skin. Skin is what protects you. And
1: like again, like there is such a campiness to that. Like they just keep showing her in this like makeup, and she's like, and he keeps like. You know, the constant, like, the cocaine bag is right there next to that weird, like,
0: paralytic.
1: Yeah, yeah. like, like, shade, shade, whatever. Blow powder thing. And you're like, that's what's coming. Like, you know that that has to be what's going to happen. And it's like the same thing where it's like Kate Siegel gets mauled. By a chimp in this show. Like, because... (laughs) But
0: that's direct from
1: Poe. I know, but like, it's direct from Poe, but that's gotta be one of the most ridiculous things where like, you put that up on a whiteboard with everything else. You're like, that's the one thing, like, how are we gonna pull that off? Right. And you just, I feel like Mike Flanagan looked at it and went... That's the most ridiculous one. We definitely have to keep that in there somehow. Okay, so how do we reverse engineer this? Okay, mm. well, and you just start reverse engineering, like, well, the Telltale Heart, I want to do this, and I want to do that, so maybe they're testing it out on chimps, and that makes sense with these guys. What if we p- toss this really funny joke in there, why it's called the Rue Morgue, and it's just like,
0: yeah. well, I, mean, I, think it's,
1: I think it's very, very funny that they keep that entire bit in there.
0: Well, first original recipe, Rue Morgue, Rue is just French, it's street. So it's it's Morgue Street. It's not a real morgue, but uh original story is that character that uh Kate Siegel's playing It's the exact name, Camille La Spagna or whatever. It's her and her mom get murdered by an orangutan that escapes from like some sailor bought him and was gonna sell him to a zoo or something and he and he escapes and he escapes with like a razor that the the sailor was shaving and watch he was watching him shave <laughs> and he essentially tries to shave the two ladies and ends up cutting one of their throats. Yes. And then he knows he's gonna get in trouble because he's not dumb. He's an orangutan. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's gonna get yelled at. So he tries to hide the bodies and he shoves one of them up a chimney. And that's the daughter. <laughs> that's the one that Kate Siegel's so, playing. So it's pretty fucked up. All right, so and it's I, really fucking I violent. Take it back.
1: He uh, he Reserved a little bit, yeah. Like he didn't. (laughs) uh, Like uh, like, it it, could have gone worse. (laughs) Frankly, yeah. I mean, I would have loved to have seen that in the show, (laughs) Um, but I think that would also kind of go against like what the show is kind of presenting there too, with like the kind of animal rights of it all and stuff like that. Where it's just like these, you know, it is justified what this chimp does to animal
0: testing. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. But it is pretty. uh, What's
1: the What's the Incredibles character that uh, she's designed after? Mirage.
0: Oh, you! I I was looking on Instagram at before yeah. we started uh, getting on the call with with Tim and it, yeah, Kate Siegel said she mirrored her character after uh, the the original recipe Pixar Incredibles Mirage. <laughs> you who remember tempts, that character
1: who tempts no. Mr. Incredible Dude, look to up come a, back? Look up a picture of Mirage her from the Incredibles hair. right now, and it's, and it's exactly like, the you're same. Like, Oh, that is absolutely amazing! And again, it's just like another. It's just another, like, dart in the board for me as far as just, like, these people were just fucking Having around fun. on this show. Oh, well, it is. Yeah.
2: It <laughs> is. Look at it. Isn't
0: that. <laughs> she and, looks uh, good
2: with the silver hair. She oh. does. Oh. Yeah. And,
0: and it's also funny that, like, the with her being, like, damn it, Toby – Like Toby Dammit is an actual character name in a different Edgar Allan Poe story. So I I was like, that's Uh, actually really funny. I figured
2: that the twins had to be some reference. They they wouldn't be that weird without it being a reference, but it was
0: it was very funny. I was just like I didn't pick up on that right away, but I was like, wait a second, there's something about that. It's like when
1: you're watching one of these Star Wars shows and they're kind of spending a little bit too much time on this random character. Yeah and then you go and online on and they're those. just like, "Oh, it's fucking Bork shit fucking." Yeah, yeah right. they, he hasn't been the
0: Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> right. but it is fun that like he almost almost every character name in this is a direct pull from some kind of Edgar Allan Poe story. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, whether it's fun... a loose reference or a direct one, yeah. it's pretty fun. Yeah. Well, it
2: is. It is YouTube bait in that way.
0: Yeah, totally. You know,
2: I'm, yeah. I'm waiting for the the six hour video of like. Uh, I mean, oh, but all the Easter eggs. In oh House yeah, of Usher. that's also uh, <laughs> that's yeah. him. Where read, it's like all the all the. Hidden let ghosts. me read you the
0: yeah. uh, the title of this one one article on Mashable: "The Fall of the House of Usher: Every Awful Sibling Is Named for a Poe Character." <laughs> Of course. <laughs> I just like that the title said every awful sibling. And I was like, oh, this is good. This is very good. You know, so even, even Frederick, who I was not familiar with, is named after a character of an equally kind of dumb dude who dies. And pretty great. Uh Tammy Tamerlane is is one of his poems. Victorine Vic Lafurcade. she's from another story about being prematurely buried alive. So mm. they're, you know, they're not all exactly who they're playing. Mm-hmm. But, but some he's of using them are, the names. But he's, he's using the names there. and he's referencing different stuff. So it's pretty fun. It is pretty fun.
1: I mean, one of the... But Camille the-
0: La Spagna, Kate Siegel, her character is like straight up. That's the Murders of the Room story. Like she was the daughter that got shoved up the chimney. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty awful. I shouldn't be laughing. I wanted to tell you guys too that like I was telling my sister this. I read that story in elementary school for school, like in fourth grade when I was nine. And (laughs) my teacher gave us the first half of the story where you don't know how the murder was committed. And then like gave us time to like speculate or write what we thought happened and then let us have the rest of the story to read. And in hindsight, I'm just like, Whoa, I don't think she could have gotten away with that shit these days. I feel <laughs> like that would have gotten, like, mm. if I had even mentioned that to my parents back then, I think my mom would have been too tired to care. But <laughs> parents nowadays would have been like, that is some scary fucking nightmare fuel to give to a nine-year-old to read. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I, one of the, Pretty uh, awesome. The Great only, teacher. <laughs> the only, like, kid character we haven't, like, sibling character we haven't talked about is Perry. Who also has like a weird name uh, that's like... um, Well, he's Prospero. Prospero. So Prospero Prospero
0: is the main character in Mask of the Red Death. Mm -hmm. So he is the character. And it's similar because in that story, it's supposed to be during the plague. And it's like he's rich and he takes all of his friends to have like private party. Same orgy, Mm -hmm. booze, whatever. But like shuns anyone that might be sick and then the mask of the Red Death is somebody sneaks into the masquerade party and is sick, and like, ends up it's touching him, sick. and then he yeah, everybody ends up dying so it's kind of interesting, I just like visually really liked that episode mm-hmm. I thought that I was a really
1: is isn't it like, uh, there's nobody under in the costume or something like that?
0: It ends up being like it's a spirit or it's it, a spirit it, is, it, is it is the, the red sickness, death. Like, it hey. is death yeah. It is yeah, it's like it's not a real person. So, so it's like, it's like it is a like plague, your, your, a virus uh, that's going
1: around killing people. I wonder why they changed that.
0: It's your Carla Gugino character, though. It's yeah. like a mystical character. It's mm-hmm. not a flesh and blood person. Yeah. So it, you know.
1: And then it ends up being like one of the grosser ones. It is kind of funny that they kick, this, they kick it off
2: with this one where it's just like, we're going to melt a bunch of people. Yeah. I did. I I liked seeing him go the most. Yeah, he was he was like my least favorite of the of the siblings. Yeah, I mean he's like the
1: most like entitled. He's the youngest. We don't get as much time with him to in any way like humanize him or rationalize what he's doing. I think he's probably one of the most one-dimensional characters in a cast of, like, a lot of one-dimensional characters.
0: Well, he's the first to go, so you don't need to spend too much time developing him either Mm -hmm. in that way. Mm -hmm.
1: And, I mean, he does go in, like... I mean, what's the most painful way people go in this? Like, that's got to be...
0: One of the more painful ways. Because he's still alive
2: for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. He's just fried. Uh Uh-huh. What's crazy is they don't pick that up at all afterwards. It's not that kind of show, but, like the people that were in that party, like that is more of a legal problem than like whatever mm-hmm. case Augustus was bringing against oh, him, yeah. You know? I mean, that's kind oh, of yeah. why they keep do bring up the subplot of like, you
1: got to tear that building down because it's a crime scene. Like get on that already. Like, what do you mean that you're taking care of your wife and just snorting cocaine? Tear <laughs> down this building right now. And he's like, but Papa, I have to wait until the last episode because I'm the eldest. I die in that episode. But Papa... Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Uh I did I did really just like visually love that. Like that's like the closest to an actual like period piece Edgar Allan Poe episode, just having it be a masquerade ball and just like mm-hmm. having Carla Gugino be able to walk in and be like, yo. <laughs> all you help get the fuck out Get out
1: of here and she tells good luck, service uh, industry
0: get out of here henry
1: thomas's <laughs> wife like you gotta get out of here too i
0: know i and then you're listen. not and you're not sure if she does and then you're like you didn't listen you didn't listen and i kind of like how how she sort of likes all of the the terrible kids like she's like she kind of likes something about them even though they're terrible
2: yeah, I mean mm-hmm. she can't. Uh, she can't resist going to that party. Yeah, she she would have fucked him. She would have fucked Prespero for sure. Yeah. You think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. she wanted to. Well, I guess we'll never
1: know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? I mean, she doesn't. I mean, she took her she took her wedding ring off. Like all of the things that Henry Thomas is getting upset about are rational things to be upset about. How he responds to them <laughs> right. is right. maybe not the most. Uh, <laughs> Uh, logical next steps to take.
0: Yeah. And I do love Dr. Sleep Kid. I do love... I mean, she's all teenager, you know... Mm-hmm.
1: Who plays Lenore.
0: Who plays Lenore. Mm-hmm. The the only the only good person in the, in the Roderick family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, minus Kate Dickey, who's his original recipe wife, but she's also really good in this. What um, happens to her? You know... When she turns around, you see that she's got a hole blown out the back of her head. Oh, does she? So I'm assuming she shot herself. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming
1: it was suicide, yeah.
0: Because the fact that she shows up at the funeral still young, I was like, Uh she had to have died then. Like, Mm -hmm. the fact that part of me thought maybe he was going to turn around and she was going to be an older version of herself and, like, maybe he's just fondly remembering her young. Mm-hmm. But then when the, when you see the back of her head and there's, like, a massive hole, you're just like, uh, oh, mm-hmm. okay. She was sad, have, and she did not want to keep going.
2: <laughs> I must have been on phone for that one, from the, for yeah. the reveal there. It, it uh, is a very quick, quick, like, it's yeah. a, It's three, a blink and you miss it, yeah. yeah.
0: It's a quick one.
2: But I guess that's I interesting, then, that the, the two, by a lot, the two kids from that marriage, like, don't ever bring her up. Like, they don't yeah. hold a grudge against their dad for that, which you would think maybe they would. You I would mean, think so. I think that they're that fucking bad. Yeah. yeah.
1: Right? Right. I mean, because I feel like they, those two are the worst. They like, kind of allude all really all really to that,
0: that they got bought. Like, the, like those two kids more than anyone. Yeah, exactly. Like, he stole, like, that was the way he stole them from... His ex-wife was by yeah, giving them tons of money, and that eventually they just changed over time, and that's when like her not whole yeah.
1: conversation. Like yeah. when she talks about, she's like, people would ask, like, how in the world did he get custody of those kids?
0: And, and she said, rich. he's rich. Yeah, he's rich.
1: He just gave them everything, and he's like, I flashed the world in front of them and showed them everything that they could be. Which is another thing about the show that I really like, which is the fact that Carla Gugino's. I don't know exactly, like, devil, demon, raven, whatever it is that she's supposed to be. I kind of took her first conversation that she had with Perry in the second episode where she calls herself Consequence. I kind of took that literally, even though I don't think you're supposed to bring that all the way through. But I feel like that is kind of, like, if she is, like, this kind of demon, like, she's not this, like, super malicious thing. Like, she is just kind of, like... You know, kind of like a monkey's paw kind of thing. Just kind yeah. of like brought to life. Where it's no, like, that's true. I like to give you... I didn't
0: even think about that yeah, story. I like to yeah. give
1: people what they want, but at a price. And the longer it takes for that price to be taken, the sweeter that price will be. Because like, we don't even know how time works for her. She could just jump 43 mm-hmm. years. And she's like, now I get to reap the rewards of this and catch up on everybody. Yeah. But I do like that she knows what would have happened what everybody's fate would have been if they didn't agree to that that uh, deal in the bar in 1980. Where it's just like, he knows, or rather she knows, like, uh, Henry Thomas's character would have been a dentist. You know, and, and that, like... Uh, like Roderick uh, would have been a poet. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, not a great one, but one who, you know, well, would she be she said remembered. he would have been a
0: great one, but he would have been poor.
1: But he would have been poor, which, sound familiar?
0: Yeah. yeah. But... I find it's funny. I like I love Zach Gilford. I loved him in Midnight Mass. It, I feel like it's harder to reconcile that performance of how like he does seem good in the beginning in the younger version, and then we're ex- kind of like expected to believe that he was on board the whole time for the, the scheme with his sister like it I feel I like that it doesn't the performance there is a little eh. you don't
2: get a turn you don't yeah. like there's oh. even if there was one scene where his sister is like actually if, it, if they showed that she was the real mastermind and was like I know that Augustus wants you to do this but we're gonna do this give yeah. us that and then I'd be like okay but you just like all of a sudden he's just he goes from like family man I love my wife and my kids to like yeah. I'm gonna fuck the entire like Justice Department to to get a leg up. Yeah. You know? I mean, I feel like it is there a little bit. I, I feel like
1: that was much more of like a, a surprise to you, D, when we were watching it. I kind of, and I don't know exactly where I pinpointed it in. It is just kind of like, there is like this kind of thing of like, just because of what's foreshadowed before, it wasn't like I, like, Sixth Sense detected this thing coming. It was like, they do kind of foreshadow that he screwed Augustus over at some point, point. Oh no, and I, they are talking yeah. about that, and then it's just kind of like, so wait, is he... Because, what's her face? They don't talk about it during, because I think that they are trying to look for that surprise, as opposed to the turn, but there is that scene where the sister is just kind of like, where she talks about yeah, cask of so. She talks yeah. about how when you want to take down, you know, the neighbor uh, boyfriend from Hush, who's playing the the business the business guy. Uh, if you want to take down the Hush boyfriend, you uh, like you don't just like come at him hardcore with everything that you have and hope that the justice system takes him down. You make him love you. You become his best friend. He can't be without you. Like that kind of thing. She does give him that talk. And then it's just kind of dropped because that's when Augustus shows up. And then it's like, oh, like tippity-tippity-tap. And this is, he's got that great line where when the wife is really mad at him about it, like, why didn't you tell me about this? Like, you did this just to get a leg up at the business. He goes, oh, we're not done with him yet either. Like, you're like, oh, so this guy is just like manipulating the whole thing. And he's just completely leaving his family out of it.
0: Yeah, I I knew that that was the plot. I'm just I'm just saying specifically that I didn't think his performance did such a great okay turn of showing that like he was along the way in on it. You right. know what I mean? Like I knew that the sister kind of planted the seed and yes. that that was a possibility, but I felt like it needed a little bit more. Like Tim said, like another scene or something where he was either grappling with it and then just dis- mm-hmm. makes that decision to do it so that it would be a little bit more convincing sure. that he's going to become Bruce Greenwood. Because yeah. Bruce Greenwood's so fucking good mm-hmm. and he's so like, take no shit. And like Zach Guilford's is a little bit performance is sort of that like.
2: Yes, I agree. G-
0: gets pushed around, yeah. gets like a little weaker. I mean, he does mm-hmm. seem a little no. like,
1: even when he's like putting the bricks up in front of uh, the neighbor boyfriend from Hush. Um, <laughs> he he is just still a little like...
0: Michael
1: Truco Whiny, Truco? yeah. He still is like a little whiny where it does really feel like the sister is very much in control of that situation. Yeah, She's orchestrated this Patra, he's helping.
0: He's yeah. the helper.
1: <laughs> but she can't get in deep enough with him. Like she tries. Like she tries to get up there and just be like, hey, uh, I can digitize all of your records and stuff like that. This will save you so much money. And this is how I can get ahead in the system. And he's just like, he sees right through immediately because he doesn't trust her, doesn't want anything to do with her. And it's like, well.
0: He's also a chauvinist.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Oh, there's that as well. Yeah. Uh, and kind of just like deters over. But Zach Guilford, I feel like his his like all shucks is like kind of weaponized to make you think that you would never expect this guy to make that turn. And it maybe kind of goes back on the show a little bit because then you're not given that scene like that you guys are talking about where he gets like a little bit more Weasley, like with the wife or something on the reveal. He's just kind of like has a beer and he's just like, oh, I'm not done yet. Yeah. We got more to do.
0: I mean, because like by the time they commit that murder, cast of Amontillado style, brick him in, and then go to magical, you know, wormhole bar that Carla Gugino opens up for them that night. Like, he is initially seems a little stunned at what they did, but then by the end of it, when they're about to, like, broker their deal with her, he seems different, and that's sort of, like, he has made that decision that he's Mm -hmm. all in. And at that point, it's a little bit more believable, but, like, initially... Yeah, his interaction with his wife and stuff. I was just like, I feel like this game. His performance is sort of out of left field today. I-, I
1: mean, it's a, but a, that's
0: fine. It's a tough that's performance
1: okay. too. Yeah. you know, I mean, he's got that completely realistic looking hair, which is definitely helping his performance out. Where, like you're not, <laughs> you're not like distracted by this gigantic thing on his head. But you are a little no by reason. his
0: sideburns.
1: The big sideburns, of course. <laughs> We've been watching a lot of Patrick Wilson, um, uh, Conjuring oh, yeah. movies, and oh, listen to that one. Ooh, the sideburn game <laughs> in those movies. Is, but
0: I, I really I'm about do. to shave and I'm gonna
1: rock some sideburns for a little while. I
0: love Michael Truco, Rufus Greenwald. Like I love that son of a bitch. His performance mm-hmm. oh, was so great good. when he's he drunk. Very good. When he's
1: drunk at the party, oh,
0: was good in the last episode, and he's just like, "Whoa, damn! I can't believe
1: we did this. You're the best guy I've ever met in my life." He's just like completely unraveled. That's the best.
0: It's very good. It's very good. Yeah. But uh, I think I might say my favorite, even though I do not condone the kitty violence, even the hallucinogenic kitty violence, I do really like that Rao Coley Black Cat episode. Yeah. I like uh, his kind of subplot. And I like even that he's very protective of. Perry in the beginning and is sort of like, listen, we're the brown kids. Like, we have to try harder. <laughs> you know, and he's sort of like, you're better than this, you're smarter than this. And you're sort of like, listen to him, man. Just take the encouragement from from Big Bro, <laughs> from,
2: <laughs>
0: from, from like Xbox Gatsby or whatever they're calling him. You know, yeah. like I'm just like, oh, this is pretty great with all of your terrible neck tattoos, you know? And I'm just like, this is great. Um, and that, that, like, reenactment is pretty beat for beat, the same as the story, minus the fact that in Poe's story, the guy ends up killing his wife and bricking her mm. into the wall with the cat, oh. and then the cat is actually still alive and starts freaking out because it's in there with the dead body, Got um, it. but it's pretty much the same, like, he... Pokes the eye out of the cat after it scratches him, and then like. Ah.
1: I mean, Tim, you're in the process of fixing up your brand new, beautiful home. Have you kind of clocked any spaces where oh, a brick wall <laughs> could just go right up
2: right there, no, just I in mean, case. The- Uh, There are dead mice in the walls, probably, or in the ceiling, but I get them out uh, as as soon as I can. Okay. I mean, these are things that homeowners need to consider. It's like you never Mm. know when when you're just going to have a body right Mm. where I could brick somebody in. Brick somebody.
1: Always have a a decent amount of bricks Mm -hmm. and some like cement, like off to the side Mm -hmm. that you can just like add a little bit of water to sludge it up. Just take care of it. (laughs) Have a what do they call a trowel? Trowel. 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 Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it was uh, funny. I was getting things. You know when you watch uh, too many things? I'll just leave it at that. You know when you watch too many movies and TV shows and you start confusing something that you saw in a movie the day before with something that you're seeing now in a TV show where you're like, wait, was that foreshadowed before? I feel like I just saw a trowel yesterday. And when they're using the (laughs) trowel to do it, I was like, oh, I just watched Exorcist the Beginning Like Mm. the weird prequel one that they made with Stellan Skarsgård. Never saw it. There's a trowel is like a big object in that movie that's like used as like the symbol of innocence and stuff. And I was like, Mm. where the the hell did I see a trowel? Uh, Fall of House of Usher, uh, a much better piece of media (laughs) than Exorcist (laughs) colon the
2: beginning. (sighs) A bad movie. Back to the the Rahul episode. Yeah. it, very interesting he's breaking his house with Thor's hammer yes a little a little uh, Mike meta commentary there about, yeah. I'm sure Mike is probably mad about MCU and, and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that's an intentional choice what does he say sure. too he's just like I'll use this hammer I'll just get Hemsworth to send me
1: another one or something he says yeah. that like <laughs> as he's about to
2: start like breaking <laughs> things I'm like cool I would say that the prop is not very convincing Like, I at no point in time did I think that you could actually put a hole in the wall with the The way that he was the holding it, how little, it yeah. yeah. There was like yeah. no weight to it at all. Yeah, but. Mike,
0: Mike has one of those in his office, and it's plastic. So yeah,
2: right. <laughs> I remember
0: we filled it
1: with sand
0: to make it heavier. Uh,
1: to make it heavier, so when people held it for like photos and stuff, when we did um, uh, Thor Love and Thunder, uh-huh. uh, it was like. To get people to hold it a little bit better, I put, like, a solid metal rod in Mm -hmm. the—I, like, fixed it up. Remember, I did the same thing with the Oscars, too, because the Oscar statues we got (laughs) were too light. So I just poured cement into, like, the base of it and then resealed it up. And it's like, oh, now it feels like it's heavy. Yeah, those (laughs) things do not look—I mean, I guess they're not supposed to look heavy. Like, when he's wielding it in the Thor movies, you're supposed to think, like, ah, like a feather. But when it's (laughs) Rahul Cooley doing it in like a dimly lit Netflix like uh, set, no offense Netflix execs, uh, it does uh, seem like a little bit more um, dainty. Yeah.
0: I did enjoy that episode a lot. He wrecks that
1: apartment too. He wrecks the
0: apartment. That's yeah. His what mind. does uh,
1: Henry Thomas say, too? That was one of the biggest he laughs was, that got out of us when oh, Henry Thomas first visits. He
0: hadn't been to that apartment. Yet. He's like, I went to the last one, uh-huh. but I don't remember what, how he described the previous apartment. The treehouse. The treehouse. He, he yeah. said, I went yeah. to the
1: treehouse, but he says this one has a, it's like a refurbished cafe in East Village vibe. He says something <laughs> like that. He says something that's so cutting. That he's just like, it like, looks like a microbrewery or something like that. Oh, like, yes. He's something a, like that. Something like, yeah. yeah so, <laughs> so, like,
2: he also has a really, I was looking at my notes, and when he, when in his death episode, he pees and he says, rest in pee, fuck face, as opposed yes! to rest in piss, yes! which is so funny. Like such a stupid guy <laughs> thing to perfect. say. That's so perfect. That's so good. <laughs> he's awesome. He's He's the best.
1: I love um, the uh when he's talking before when he uh takes his the whole teeth thing is just so much fun because it has so much weight to it by uh, the time you get to the end of that episode. It's awful. He was going to be a dentist. Um the, the the term with pliers is used again at some point and then like the fact that like uh what is it like when when he like took over a board seat, uh he tells uh his wife that uh, uh the the newspaper said, like, from ruthless to toothless.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. You
1: know, which, like, works on, like, the different levels. It's just, like, the teeth thing is, like, you could have squeezed out, like, two bits with that, and I feel like they squeeze out eight. And (laughs) it just, like, keeps going, and you're, like, they just keep bringing the teeth back up. But it has a happy ending. Like, she gets through it, and she, like, Mm -hmm. saves the world and stuff like that, if she's telling the truth. Yeah. Which I would imagine she is, because she's...
0: I mean we get we get another I, I really liked her in Midnight Club. We get another Ruth Cod performance as Juno mm-hmm. as the uh drugged up. Yep. But uh
2: nah, my fave.
0: Yeah, she's not supposed to be your fave. That's mm-hmm. the thing. She's supposed to be annoying. But I kinda like her.
2: <laughs> I feel like she's used
1: sparingly in this. to uh precise like events in this like It really is just kind of funny when she's kind of brought to the front in the uh, the Tamerland episode in in, in GoBUG, where where she's just kind of like. I just wanted you guys to like me. Um, I'm, like, a little fucked up, if you yeah. don't know. And I'm just really just trying to be a good mom. And I didn't think about this. And uh, it's all falling apart now. And um, did I fuck up? Did I make a mistake? And then <laughs> they kind of slightly connect. And then she's, like, front row at her... She's like, you're doing great. You're doing a great yeah, job. Yeah, and she like,
0: fucking knocks her out.
1: And, she, <laughs> and like, uh, she thinks that she's looking at her every time she's saying something because the Carla Gugino demon is taking over oh, yeah. the woman right behind her. So when she's like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" and she's like, "I support you." Like it's, it's little stuff like that that I yeah. think is like it's great. I think she's weaponized pretty fun. I think that that actress is very funny. She is. I did look it up because we were like, she is a um uh what is the term? Like she is missing a leg. Uh, because we were talking about like, oh, I thought she was in a wheelchair with Midnight Club. She was. She was. And yeah. it's because she is a paraplegic who uh lost I think her left leg and mm. only takes on roles now apparently or not only, but like likes to do roles that are kind of like talking about like disabilities and stuff uh-huh, like that and people uh-huh. that Where well, she doesn't keep have going. to hide it. Exactly. Yeah. And so like in this one too, like her character it's kind of worked into her character. Like right, that's from what she was doing in the stay. hospital. Yeah. 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 So that's I was like, because I feel like she dances quite a bit in which can they can use like stunt doubles and stuff like that but i remember seeing a lot of like well in midnight club it was supposed to be
0: she was a ballet dancer and then she loses her leg from cancer yeah
1: and that's kind of like the whole yeah yeah
2: but uh, I just her her Ligodon plot didn't really land with me because they were like, at no point do you ever really see like a, a negative side effect from yeah. Ligodon. She's just like taking like a 100 of them and is fine. So right. it's just like, what is why is this such a big deal that she gets off of them? Yeah, it you almost know? would so have been like, better
0: to show one of the Usher kids. Be addicted to Ligadone because then it wouldn't have been a happy ending. Then we probably would have seen that person either go through withdrawal or like, right? Hit. I know, I mean I know they've done it with Hill House with with the twins already, <laughs> but just like dealing with addiction is like that's m- done much more realistically than this well, was maybe.
2: Rahul was on like a street version of Ligadone, right? Yeah. Right. And then when he died, and that was like, that was a big part of his death uh, mm-hmm. when they brought it to Roderick.
0: Yeah, trying to make it seem like he was just too drugged up and seeing shit. You know, mm-hmm. it was easier to write that off. But it, I almost would have liked to have seen somebody have that plot be worked in more where they kind of suffered that mm-hmm. consequence because of it. But that, you know, that's more modern day versus something I- that. Would have happened in in a post story, but yeah, I it would it's have had opium, yeah, yeah. that's true,
1: <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's a lot of fucking opium in one of those stories at least
0: know <laughs> oh, I, I think you're right
1: where it's like uh, he already did it in Bly manner, you know, so maybe calm down a little bit on as far in as but not uh hill house sorry, yeah. um, and I think that the Juno character is pretty much here, so that like you know when we get to the end, it can be this thing where it's like you know the next generation that they were just like um just like pissing on essentially is are the ones that um kind of make the right choice and it's the worst type in their point of view it's the winos like all those people like the the people that it's just like oh these people just like they're junkies they're useless Mm -hmm. they're never gonna amount to anything in the world and it's like i think it's very important that his wife when he dies who inherits everything is this young junkie That makes the right choice and is better than all of them. I think Mm -hmm. they could have handled getting to that point more. Sure. But I also think that it's like, it's eight episodes, they pretty much figured out how to fill out six of those. I think they probably could have just like, given the Juno character a little bit more oomph to do, but I think that they did, I think he probably did want to stray away from the... (sighs) Excuse me. Bless you. uh, The... um, you know, like, the the, the kind of, like, uh, kick in the junk kind of aspect of it. Sure. Her, like, making the decision to, like, slowly wean herself off over the course of over three years is kind of, like, enough for her to be, like... Yeah. You know, she has that line. She's like, I would rather have hell for three years than infinity in this family. Right. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Plus, like, it really is, like, honing in on killing off the bloodline. So, like, the only really good person that has to suffer for that is the granddaughter Lenore Mm -hmm. and like even her mom is not so great but then like them hammering home that because she's good and she has to die that's gonna inspire her mom to actually do good Mm -hmm. you know so it's kind of like all right so that gives her mom a second chance because of that but everybody else is is just kind of a complete dipshit and not not redeemable in any way um which is kind which is kind of great
2: it's interesting. I I love a good like fixer character, and it's mm-hmm. interesting that Mark Hamill also makes the yeah. good choice. Yeah. You know, when confronted with the, but, but he's just like. He's just a realist, and he's just smart, and he just knows yeah. like I'm not gonna f- I'm not gonna fuck with something over my head. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas the the other like the the ushers are all vain enough to think that they can win.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. It is interesting that he ends up being like the best moral character after mm-hmm. Lenore. Like he's essentially the one that's like, well, what do I have to give you for that? no, I'm not going to do that, mm-hmm. you know, and just, like, coping I'll, I'll with the fact. I'll just
1: take effect. my lumps. Exactly,
0: yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: And when he also, like, when he, like, gets, quote-unquote, Carla, Gugina's character, like, yes. when they let that oh. play out, where, like, how good he is at this, even at his age, he's just, like, pop 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 calls, all good to go, I'm leaving right now, and she's just, like, wow. <laughs> that, was, yeah, that was really was fun. That awesome was good. Yeah. That and was he's good. immediately just, like, I love that he he immediately clocks like, uh oh, hold on a second here <laughs> something.
0: She just steps on the body and it's just full of air. He immediately
1: he doesn't try to run away. He really doesn't try to plead. He doesn't even really try to ask any questions to further understand outside of just like, well now what do we do? Like he's yeah. not just like, so who are you? Where are you from? He's just kind of like, okay, this is a situation that i am
2: in right now and we're going <laughs> to
1: let's let's see what happens.
2: Well, Diana, did you you're the the poe you seem to know a lot of these poe stories. Did Poe ever do the Antarctica like yes. hollow earth stuff?
0: Yeah, i that was I, I wasn't sure if that, that was one. all
2: Lovecraft or not. You
0: know what? I looked I looked that up because i have not read that one, but um but that character name is uh that one's based on a book called The Narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym of Nantucket and it is like a shipwreck kind of like sort of Robinson Crusoe type story and then it finishes with him going to the South Pole and uh-huh. I was looking up some other stuff and there is like a um
1: And that's uh- like his only like
0: novel That's like his his his, f- like- his uh, he tried to break into like full length novel But mm-hmm. it was like originally published like In segments Okay. But um, I was looking at the Flanagan Tumblr And there was something About where they were asking One of one of the people that wrote in Was asking Flanagan about That like thing that Pim alludes to Like when he got to the South Pole And was saying like the hollow earth And I saw yeah. blah 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 And the name that he calls it Is like Something that was used to describe this old school like dagger type photo of Edgar Allan Poe. Hmm. I got to look it up though okay. to tell you the correct name. Um, yeah,
1: because the book I believe is about uh, it's like uh, a guy who stows away on like a ship that's yeah. like traveling around. And I think the main crux of it is like they do a couple things and interact with a couple weird stuff. But ultimately it's like. Cannibalism, murder, like, uh, like, uh, uh, infestation, plague, like all the stuff that can happen on a ship when you're traveling and stuff. And the stowaway, who I think is young at first, slowly grows through the ranks of all of this stuff while they just keep interacting with all these different terrible things that can belie a ship that's out to sea back in the day. Mm.
0: Okay, I found it. So it's like, was Pym's story about Ultima Thule a reference to Longfellow and or The Hollow Earth and the Giant where the book it's based on? Or was Pym into some weird esoteric Nazi stuff because they've co-opted a lot of that? And then (laughs) Flanagan writes back... um, Ultima Thule is the name of the most celebrated image of Edgar Allan Poe that exists today, and it, it is—it's like the photo it's, of Edgar Allan it's that Poe one where
1: he's got that big noggin,
0: and he's got like a big, you know, cravat tied around his neck and whatever. He's got um, a
1: big ass head.
0: Sarah Helen Whitman coined the name Ultima Thule for this famous daguerreotype. Uh, I'm probably not saying that correctly, but... I think. Yeah, daguerreotype, Yeah, you know, DeGaro type from Poe's poem, Dreamland. I have reached these lands, but newly from an ultimate dim fool, from a wild, weird clime that lieth sublime, out of space, out of time. So it, like, definitely his little description of that is from Poe's poetry. Oh. And, and then the hollow earth and all of that were taken directly from Poe's, the narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym of Nantucket. And were popular theories back in the 1800s that that the Earth was hollow, Uh, which is why I'm sure, uh, which is I'm sure is why Poe included them. But no, no weird esoteric Nazi stuff. But I'm amazed and disturbed that people will will take those insane debunked old theories so seriously today. Mm -hmm. So yeah,
1: and that's what's (laughs) fun about that too is that that's how uh, Carla Gugino's Verna. Which is an anagram of Raven. Um, oh do they, man! You like that, don't you? like that, don't you? How would we
0: know her name is Verna? I don't I, I remember think, uh, them saying when,
1: it when when she's bartending or something. I think that's the only time that it
0: happens oh, or something. Okay, yeah. all right. Um, I was like, I was wondering. Also, about I think that, that that's
1: her name that's on like the license and stuff like that. Like, uh, when, yeah, it's like when when it would come up okay. where you would hear or see Yeah, name. it's little mm-hmm. snips. But that's what she describes the uh, the bar at. Uh, or the moment in time yeah, that, that they're, they're out of they're space and she's time. Like, we are out of space and out of time right now like while we make this deal and it's like yeah, I like the idea that Arthur Pym like 50 years ago brushed up against this place yeah. that she's from like just yeah, didn't really interact she with said
0: it. you saw me right I was standing yeah. there yeah and she's know, know, like I sensed you up there or whatever. so I came up
1: to take a peek and it's just like oh fun and that is <laughs> when he's just kind of like oh no 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 <laughs> I'm not going to do
0: this. (laughs) He is. I was just like, oh, I'm going to watch some Batman cartoons now.
2: <laughs> and I did. Since Byrne is in here, I do have to bring up the time that Brock Sampson on the Venture Brothers said that he always wanted to put Edgar Allan Poe Ooh. in a headlock. <laughs> oh,
0: <perfect. laughs> very good. That's great. That's great. Uh, she's gonna love that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I gotta watch Venture Brothers, man. It's one I've been it's good. Like I know, I I
2: know. I'm very very <laughs> excited. I watched it back in the day, and I though, just there's so it. much of it that I haven't seen now. <laughs> Well, yeah, the the release schedule of, like, one season every three years was really tough to to keep up with. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just keeps coming at you.
0: So, you know, this one I kind of didn't, like, hard, fast prep any major discussion points because it's pretty loosey-goosey. It's pretty silly. I
1: mean, I think we covered a lot of the stuff. Like, Bruce Greenwood's great.
0: I do. At the end of it all... There was a minute where I was wondering if Bruce Greenwood was actually Bruce Greenwood, like when his sister Madeline goes down to the basement in their old house. Oh, of,
2: I yes. Yeah. Part of me
0: thought it was going to end up being Carla Gugino. I was like, oh, tricking her, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, why would he decide that he's going to, you know, mutilate her body or whatever? But mm-hmm. and then I, <laughs> with all the things he was taking out, I was like, oh, is he going to try and pull her brain out of her? Through her mm-hmm. nose with that thing, like is that what's gonna happen?
2: Like, I did like all the Egypt stuff. That yeah. was like a fun little like uh, Poe reference to like how that was in, yeah. so in vogue when he was he was popular and like
0: all of the the immortality and preparing someone for the beyond and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was very cool.
1: Have you guys ever seen the movie Tales from the Dark
2: Side? Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the one with the um, remind the oven the oven framing device. Uh,
1: is there the I don't know if I remember that. that. I,
2: I'm it's trying like to remember all of them. Like there's a bunch of them,
1: but I remember one of the big ones is it's um it's William Hickey, uh this guy, I'll show you. Uh, oh. the, uh the uncle, yeah. the great uncle from uh National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> uh and he's in one that's about a black cat that he can't seem to he kills a black cat and it keeps coming back and it's kind of very Poe uh influenced well, it, and it then, might be. It very much probably yeah. is. But then also in Dark Side is uh there's a whole thing with a mummy that's ah. going around an apartment complex with like the hooks and stuff and mummifying people like that live in this apartment complex. Christian Slater's in that one. Oh and I can't remember what the other ones were, but I was curious on like I mean, that's uh how many how many are in this thing? I can't remember uh, it looks like three. It looks like um, three. So that's two for three. Oh yeah, the other one is a uh, is the gargoyle. Oh god, where the guy falls in love with a
2: yes. Yes, I yes. know the gargoyle. The gargoyle yeah. one I remember. That one's crazy. And yep. who is that actor? That's uh, that's a big actor.
1: I it is like. a big actor. Um, a little, uh, it's a uh, James Remar. James Ramar from um, he's the dad in Dexter. Uh, he's Warriors. He's like one of the guys from Warriors. Ah. Uh, he was just an Oppenheimer ugh he's in Yellowstone get that money James um, <laughs> that, one, that one has like a really fun uh, is, there, is there a connection between the gargoyle one because there is like that obvious mummy connection and that black cat connection and I'm, I was kind of thinking I was like well that's two for three what's the other one because maybe Mike Flanagan took a little inspiration from this thing that took inspiration from Poe and he's of the age where like this would have been like a VHS like horror classic like growing up I've always wanted to show Tales from the Dark Side the movie for the horror show. That thing
2: is messed up. I love all those those like kind of 90s anthology oh, horror yeah. movies. They're mm-hmm. so fun. Yeah, um, and I
1: I think it'd be a lot of fun for Mike Flanagan to like show run something like that where it's like kind of hand select different like directors and stuff like that to like do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe that'll be something that he'll kind of celebrate as like his return to horror after he's done messing around with uh getting the Stephen K. The, the Dark
2: Tower thing, like, kind of rolling off. Well, kind of like his own Guillermo Cabinet of Curiosity. Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I still want to watch that, too. I gotta watch that. Um, the I'm surprised Flanagan wasn't in that. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't get his own, his own story. But um, what was I going to say about the anthologies?
0: Oh, you said there was some kind of reveal...
2: Oh, just the reveal of the the Gargoyle one is really funny. Is where like great, yes, yeah. Where she's is. like screaming, "You
0: promised,
2: you, you promised." Wouldn't tell. Them, yeah. It's the
0: best. <laughs>
2: it's... Oh no, that's what I want to say about like the anthology thing. Is I want to see. I've said it. I think I said it on the last time I was on here. But I just want to see Flanagan do an anthology so that I can get his take on classic horror monsters like i want flanagan werewolf i want flanagan like swamp monster yeah like i want that because his vampire stuff was so cool yes Mm
0: -hmm. yeah that's true i would like to see that like different ways of of kind of like adapting that either through the lens of maybe not religion something else like yeah
2: right it would be very cool the vampire stuff, like it did, it did follow the rules, but then it broke some of the rules yeah. in really like fun ways. So like, I just want to see him do other like really classic trope tropey monsters. Very cool. Yeah, would, mess with the rules I would a little dig bit. That. Yeah,
0: yeah, because yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of the Flanagan stuff, it's like all of the source material. It's a framework, but it's being used loosely. It's not like beat for beat this the shirley jackson story or you know like there's the important elements of things like that but same for all these poe short stories there's episodes where they are really tight and there's episodes where no it's not at all but it's just kind of loosely pulling from the themes of different things I, i think that's what makes it fun so i i like that about his stuff that he's not like getting hung up on being exactly detail for all these material. So it'd be cool to see him yeah do his own spin on those characters. I think that'd be cool. I want it. Werewolf show.
1: <laughs> did you uh have any other notes, Tim, on your I know I, I usually like to double check when we do our uh our our, our little off episodes cuz I know that you always do take a lot of notes and you've got a lot of fun things to say that <laughs> maybe did not come up all throughout. Little little sweet see. cakes at the end.
0: Oh man, Henry Thomas.
2: Well, yeah, I think it, <laughs> it, it, it's it's a very nitpicky, and I always have a nitpicky oh, thing, yeah. but it, it kind of gets Go into the it. zombie, the zombie paradox at times, where like you like these people exist in a world where Edgar Allan Poe existed yes. but they're also called the ushers and their family is falling apart yes. like, why is my family falling apart <laughs> you know that's just that's just part of the meta and the fun of the whole thing yeah. but it is like it is a funny like do they take uh, place
1: in a world where Edgar Allan Poe exists
2: like because they quote like he's quoting Poe its poems unless, well, I unless always, he maybe I is I thought the that, that was supposed to be yeah. because he was a poet uh
1: huh. And, and he writing. says that. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And then somebody like Arthur Pym, like says something just because they're worldly and they've thought about this a lot. And, you know, obviously, uh, Carla Gugino saying it because she's just like an otherworldly demon. Mm-hmm. I always like uh, thought of it like, oh, the people that are saying the poems like verbatim outright are either like reading something that is like a password or code or are poets themselves or like this kind mm. of enlightened figure hmm. like. but also you start getting into that whole thing where it's like well wait like if Edgar Poe didn't exist then we probably wouldn't have a bunch of these other things that probably <laughs> right. would make it so that we didn't have a bunch of these other things so you would end up like enough time passes like you don't want to have like a a scene where like somebody's just like boy oh boy sure would have been great if uh, we ever had a big macabre mystery poet <laughs> with a with a with a huge dome. Too bad we never got one of those.
0: You doing your old timey voice? Is that what's going on? Yeah. And then- I just
1: wanted to work in one more uh uh big noggin <laughs> fucking uh, six head over here at Allan Poe. Uh,
2: he had uh, the other thing is he had so much to say about like industry stuff. You, you know you could tell there's a lot of like industry sort of like I don't know, just not gossip, but just industry jabs yeah. in there. Yeah, for sure. And, but, for sure. and so they, they seeded the AI thing early, and it then did. it really just amounted to not much. Yeah. Like it was I just was like, really
0: <laughs> expecting there to be a yeah. full-on AI version of the granddaughter, and mm-hmm. I thought that that was going to be how... Madeline died like I thought like maybe her AI creation was gonna end up killing I thought her. that
1: she was like building a makeshift like all the hammering and stuff that was happening in the basement while Augustus was talking. I was like <laughs> is she like building an AI like out of like scraps down there? That's gonna like come <laughs> up <laughs> and look yeah. like
2: the Iron Man yeah. like, from the cave and be like <laughs> grandfather Why? Yeah, I thought that maybe she would die, and then like because she was preserved in AI, she would be like uh, like maybe get real sci-fi with it, and like this AI bot is the best best thing ever. You know, yeah. it's like oof. I don't know, know if you want to do that right now. That's that's a little yeah. counterproductive to what we're trying to do, Mike. Right, exactly. But it's interesting that like she's in so much of the that the AI thing. Has like a couple big scenes yeah, where they definitely. they're doing oh. that, and then it just amounts to the text message like glitching and saying nevermore.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. which is kind of yeah. No, I agree. It's a little weak. Yeah, I think could have been they're, used.
2: It, yeah, I'm it, not gonna. The,
0: the setup was pretty hefty. They could have yeah.
1: done a little more. I'm Muffet. not gonna defend it. Uh, Makes sense to not like it. I'm not even sure if I kind of like it at all. But when it did happen, I was kind of like, okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. You're like, all right, sure, sure, sure. And and I'm like, you know, I'm not checking the time code, but I'm thinking in the back of my head, like, I started this episode like over an hour ago. Like, I don't think (laughs) they're going to be be doing doing too much more with this AI. That's
0: very true. true. Yeah, part of me thought either there was going to be like AI version of the granddaughter either to torment Bruce Greenwood's Roderick Usher or Mm -hmm. murder Madeline Usher because I was like, this is her thing. So maybe mm-hmm. this is going to come back and bite her in the ass. But yeah, you're right. It was sort of weird. Like their deaths were maybe more along the lines of of the original mm-hmm. story, like you said. But it sort of felt weird at the end. Like, oh, okay. He decides to like gouge her eyes out, put these sapphires in them, and she's going to choke him. And that's it. Bye-bye. That had Bye.
2: to be from a story, wasn't it? Yeah. It has the to the be. eye sapphires? Yeah. yeah. Are, I mean, yeah. The, the Bruce Greenwood's whole like
1: monologue too. He's got two great monologues in the show. You know, he's got that great like when life gives you lemon monologue, Uh which is like really great. And then when he's talking about the uh, when he's talking about the sapphires and he's like a queen of the desert. And he's just like going for it. And he just like has this and he's just covered in blood. And you don't know why he's covered in blood just yet. You're like, wait, did this happen right after what we just saw? What's going on? And he's like just talking about these sapphires. And he's like, it kind of like is another thing with like the when life gives you lemons monologue where he's just like when something's priceless you don't just go oh shucks i can't afford it you're like well it's not about how much that costs how much it's about how much this costs mm-hmm. and how much this person costs and then this person and then that person and how much it costs to change this and do that and then eventually with time and patience and money you have these sapphires, like sapphires. I, I i think bruce green was just like
0: He's I think great-ness. it's a hard thing to do what yeah. he does in
1: this show, which is mainly just monologuing and talking. It's great. And he pulls it off pretty good. Yeah. That's why he's so good in the Star Trek movies. Because it's like, well, they need you to come in for one scene and convince this guy to join Starfleet. Yeah, and you do it? As
0: icky as it is, that's why Gerald's Game is so good. Because it's him and Carlo Gugino for a huge chunk of the movie. Yeah. I mean, Henry Thomas as well. But yeah. It's,
2: Have you seen Gerald's Game yet, Tim? Yeah. Fun. I watched it I rewatched it after one of your episodes came oh, out. Oh heck yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I figured you would be in heaven seeing seeing Bruce. You loved Bruce and Bruce. Oh. love him
1: absolutely. I mean speaking of Gerald's game too, makes an appearance on like so now we start getting into this thing yeah. where it's like remember when she's looking at Netflix about what movie to watch with her mom. Yeah. She's oh, on Netflix yeah, and Gerald's game yeah. pops up and I'm just like now listen. Well, who plays who who are the actors in Gerald's game? If all of them are in, the, like, are they just like?
2: Isn't it Grandpa's weird, in isn't game. It weird yeah, yeah. that
1: like five of our family members look like these bit actors in this movie?
0: Well, I mean, there's there's plenty of other Easter eggs that I missed, but I definitely noticed like one of the kids at the party at the rave orgy is wearing the hush mask good that's fun that i caught pretty early there's gotta
1: be a midnight Um, mass book somewhere in the background that Mm -hmm. i just wasn't Mm -hmm. looking for
0: i think there's some kind of like there's a ouija board in one of their apartments or something like that oh
1: there is a ouija board yeah Um, in the the kids rooms yeah uh, earlier yeah
0: and i'm trying to think what else i feel like i saw one other thing but i i'm sure there's more Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm sure there's a lot more that i didn't catch that uh yeah like you said that's like a clickbait for youtube for sure deep dive <laughs> oh, yeah, all of the be all things that stuff. i mean the
1: thing at the time of this recording it's really only been out for just a little over a week right yeah yeah, yeah. two weeks yeah. Maybe. yeah yeah so i'm sure all of that stuff will be coming forth with
0: more videos yeah new rock I'll be stars down, i'll be down to fucking watch them
1: <laughs> Talk you, to me. Now let them were, uh, do the work and then I'll just sit You back were watching back. a couple
0: while I was uh, making dinner and I was yeah, like, I that doesn't to... sound very good.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, no, they didn't. Like, they didn't really have a whole lot because again, like I feel like they, they just like busted them out. So when you watch those things too early, there's really not a whole lot that you're going to get from them. It's all just like, did you know that these characters are named after Edgar Allan Poe? Right. I'm like, no fucking shit, dude. And he's like, also the name of the show is based off a short story by Edgar Allan Poe. I'm like, what is this? What, what is going on? <laughs> I mainly watched those. I was like, what was the order that they happened in again? <laughs> I was kind of getting the... I was getting the middle three confused. um, With like the black cat, the the, the Rue Morgue, and... Um, tell-tale,
0: telltale Heart. Telltale Heart. I
1: was like, which one happens first again? It is just funny too, like how...
0: The reverse order of the kids dying The out. reverse
1: order of the kids dying. Kind of doesn't make sense with Lenore, but whatever. Um... And I do like, I like how, like, Lenore dies peacefully. Yeah. You know, that's like a, nice, a nice little, like, a easy note. Moment. She's yeah. like, all right, yeah. so I yeah. just wanted to let you know everything, you know, everything's not going to be great, but because of all of this, great things are going to happen. Your mom's going to be fine. So go to go to sleep. <laughs> <It's>
0: nice. <laughs> go to sleep. Go to sleep. Yeah. Go to doctor's sleep. And, uh, yeah,
1: it's good. It's good. Uh, worth the wait. I think. Uh again, like it's not it my favorite one. Yeah. Uh it's not in like my top favorite ones, but it is like a show by Mike Flanagan with all of his friends having a really good time and I get to watch it whenever I want now. True. And that's fun.
0: That's true. Mm-hmm.
1: There is a much more episodic nature to this one too than his other shows. Like you could just toss on like that one cut like, one-shot, like, episode from Hill House mm-hmm. to have fun. This one, even though there is, like, a longer story going, you can just kind of be like, well, I want to watch the last 20 minutes of this one and just see that that cat, like, mess with Rahul Cooley.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the editing of when the kids would die and then it would be, like, title card oh, smash. Ben like, yes. that was really nice. Yes. They're yeah. taking a page out of Lost book. Like, that is the Lost yeah. ending. Boom. That's how every yeah. episode
1: of Lost yeah. ends. Boom! Like, almost, <laughs> like, sound effect for sound effect.
0: But it should end with this instead.
1: Oh. Would be pretty good. If
0: every episode ended with Usha Usha
1: Usha. Oh, every episode. I thought you were like, I'm gonna end this episode with this right now. No, like, no. Oh, well, Alright, oh, like, no, 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 no. we do the smash. No, cut No, yeah. I wanted it to
0: boom. it should have been boom, usha, usha, usha. <laughs> I would have enjoyed one of the uh, credits rolling to that at the at the very end, just I for mean, fun.
1: I think it is a missed opportunity that Usher is not in this at true. some point, like true playing at the 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 show in the second episode. You know, at that like, masquerade,
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> and he gets melted, or yeah. he's just like one of the he guys that's melted. like on the
1: board in like the background at one point, and he's just like this family's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> yeah, you know, something like that. And Mark Hamill is just like, you watch your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> this family has done more for this country than anything that you've ever done, Usher.
0: <sighs> I was hoping we'd get one more of you doing the voice, so that's good. All right, I think that's a good uh Batsy. That's a good place to end it. I think. So, uh, Tim, thanks again for joining.
2: Um, yeah, glad oh, to finish it out.
0: Always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. We'll have a little uh, hiatus until we have new material to cover. Well, we still gotta cover his early stuff. Yeah,
2: we can For us, we yeah. Can, yeah we do can go do back.
0: his
1: early, early movies. We can go back and, we'll and cover kinda... some of the early
0: stuff. That is true. Yeah. We'll we'll get around to it. We'll see uh where his Avengers first assembled. So <laughs> Yes. That's what that's gonna be. <laughs> but uh yeah, thanks guys. And Thank you. if you've been listening to Freaking Out with Flanagan on Story Screen Presents, you can go to com for all of our content, podcasts, videos, articles, reviews, deep dives, all kinds of fun stuff, as well as an event page for some of our live events, movie screenings, pop-up events movie trivia, movie bingo. We've got a lot of stuff going on to finish out the rest of October for the Beacon Horror Show Part 9. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be doing some fun stuff coming up in November, December as well. So check us out. Follow us on those socials. Give us a like. Give us a review. We don't have a ton of reviews on the podcast. So uh, if you if Pull you have a second... There flick those stars, give us a thumbs up, whatever you need. Do five stars. We appreciate you. We'll pick a
1: random person that gave us five stars in like the next couple weeks and we'll send them $100. Don't say that. They can't prove that we didn't. it will just be like, <laughs> you didn't get it. Somebody else did.
0: <laughs> I don't Worst have, case scenario, I'll I have a five star review and send it to myself. To give. No one
1: said that it wasn't rigged. <laughs>
2: okay.
0: Alright. We're in okay. charge okay.
2: here.
0: All right. Bye, us a
1: five star review. <laughs> Bye.
0: <Goodbye>. Bye. <laughs>